This is The One Thing Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Adam Rindy. The One Thing Podcast brings together leaders in functional and naturopathic medicine to discuss actionable information that may unlock puzzles in the areas of gut health, brain health, metabolism, and longevity. Please note, these episodes do not replace the opinion of your doctor. They are not intended to diagnose or treat any condition. Please discuss this information with your provider and discuss your own unique personal health history before adapting this information. Please subscribe to our episodes so that you can stay on top of the most current information in these areas of medicine. And now to today's episode. Chronic fatigue and chronic pain are some of the most debilitating health issues to have. For those suffering with these conditions, they'll be the first to tell you how they feel bounced around the medical system and often feel like they are left to their own devices to find solutions for their problems. In this episode, we speak about one potential solution, red light therapy, which is a type of photobiomodulation therapy. Essentially, it's using light in a specific wavelength to gain a therapeutic outcome. I'm delighted to have with me my treasured friend and colleague, Dr. Drew Sinatra, a naturopathic physician from Mill Valley, California, that specializes in chronic disease. He's someone I've known professionally for about 18 years, and he's really a rising star in our profession. He's a proponent of red light therapy clinically, and he will walk us through some background information about red light therapy, how it works, what it does to the body, how we might benefit from it, and he'll also guide us on how to get started if interested in trying red light therapy for your health conditions. So without further delay, I'm going to welcome on our guest, Dr. Drew Sinatra. All right, Dr. Sinatra, welcome to the One Thing Podcast. It's great to catch up after all these years. Oh, it's so good to be here, Adam. Yeah, it's uh, you know nice to have followed you, you know, your career, and I'm excited to bring this topic to our audience today. We're talking about photobiomodulation. Tell me a little bit about how you got into um, learning about photobiomodulation uh, and sort of what brought you to uh, your understanding of this topic. Sure. Well, first, I, I, I just want your listeners to know how lucky you all are to have Adam as your host. He is one of the most amazing people I know, and I don't say that often. I mean, Adam, you, you truly are an amazing human being, and I just I want you to you and your listeners obviously to, to know that. <laughs> well, that is really kind of you. Thank you. That's, I mean, that's... you know, we, we started off our career together as classmates, and then you were my supervisor at one point. We were friends. We we're now our colleagues, and so we've 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 had uh, the last eighteen years together, actually learning. It, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a journey, and um, it's always great to see you know to to get back together like this. Absolutely. So to answer your question, how did I get into red light therapy? Um, I had a patient. We'll call him Tim. And he has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, uh, EDS. And this is a, a, a connective tissue disorder where there's issues with ligaments and tendons and muscles and lots of instability issues. Um, he actually had a, a dural leak at T12 at one point because he was, he was having uh, recurring headaches. And so he had an MRI and actually showed he had a, a dural leak, which was due to the EDS and, and you know the inability of the body to really keep things tight. And Tim came in and... 
you know, he'd seen all these doctors, Lyme specialists, mold specialists, um, you name it, every specialist under the sun he'd seen. I worked with him for about two years before he came to me with a book on red light therapy. And he said, Drew, you have to read this. So I read the book. And at the same time that he was reading the book, he was using these red light pads over his liver, over his abdomen, uh, over uh, his joints. And he definitely noticed an improvement with these red light pads. And then he looked up a machine called the Novothor, N-O-V-O-T-H-O-R. And what this is, is a full body red light and near infrared light bed that you get into. And you know, you're only in it for around 10 minutes or so. He did a couple sessions in that thing and he came in smiling and he said, Drew, feel my arm. And I felt his forearm, and instead of it feeling like beef jerky like it always does, it actually felt soft, like his muscles had finally relaxed. Um, he actually has a very interesting EDS uh, condition where it's more like he, he has muscle tightness, uh, you know, especially in his neck and his pelvis. And what the red lights do, they actually just help relax his muscle tissue. Hmm. And it makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the hypermobility of that condition can you know, lead to tightness, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and finally, he'd, he'd received some benefit from something as simple as red light therapy. And that really uh, opened my eyes to the therapy. And then I had a couple other different patient stories where um, a man who, it's interesting, he was having very loose stools and a little bit with lots of fat in the, in, the, um, in the toilet bowl. Like he'd actually see a layer of oil in the toilet, in the toilet bowl. And he would use these red light pads over his abdomen. And when he did that, he noticed that he had a clean bowel movement in the morning. And when I heard that, I wow. said, okay, that's very interesting. I'd never heard that before. And so you know how it is in medicine. You, 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 you have your, your patients be your best teachers. And so I had all these patients come to me with their red light experiences. And I, I was so excited to learn more about them. And then I finally just completely dove in around uh, the end of 2019. And since then, I've just been on a full throttle journey with red lights. <laughs> so one of the things I've really appreciated about you over the years is um, the way you go into learning. And I remember um, one of my first years in private practice reaching out to you for some information on environmental medicine and the depth of teaching that you provided for me from a simple question was truly appreciated and would have taken me hours of work. So I imagine um, when you saw these clinical benefits, you must have wanted to unpack like what, what's actually going on here. Oh, thanks for that. Yes. When I first heard about the red lights and kept hearing story after story of benefits, it was, um, I couldn't be stopped in terms of digging into the research more. So I read a couple of books. I've watched lots of uh, videos on it and uh, lots of research as well, and then continue to, to see the benefits here of, of patients using it in the clinic. That's great. So um, why do you think, you know, you know, it can, from a bigger picture, something like red light therapy came to the scene? Was it hmm. sort of modernization of, of our human um, kind of life? Or what, like, why would we need red light therapies? Can't we just get that from, get red light from living? That's a great question, Adam. And, and we get red light and near-infrared light from the sun. That's kind of our primary source of it. And a lot of us are really sun deficient. We don't get outdoors enough. We, we lather on a lot of sunscreen, obviously, to help block the UV rays. Um, and a lot of us actually spend most of our time indoors. In fact, there was a stat that came out uh, a couple years ago. It said 87% of our time is spent indoors 
plus another 6% of that time is spent in your car. So really, you add that up, there's 93% of your time on average spent indoors compared to outdoors. And our ancestors, they always had the exposure to the outdoors, whether it was in direct sun or indirect sun. And so if you look at it today, we're really light deficient. We're not getting these valuable wavelengths from the sun, the red light and the near-infrared light particularly. And you know, there's this whole thing called the electromagnetic spectrum. You probably remember that from you know, biology classes. And, and what that is, is you've got uh, gamma rays as very, 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 very tiny wavelengths. And at the end of that spectrum, you've got radio waves, which are very long wavelengths. And in, in between somewhere in that region is visible light. And that's where the, that, um, the Roy G. Biv comes up for the, from the rainbow, right? So that's uh, the, the red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And so the red light falls at the end of that. So generally speaking, the, the, the range is around 630 to 670 in terms of the wavelength. And the near-infrared light is right next to red light, but you can't see it, right? It's just off that visual spectrum. And those wavelengths run uh, from like the 810 to 880 range. And so really, a lot of the research has looked at these particular wavelengths. And, and you know, for, for red light, it's around 650. And for near-infrared light, it's around 850. And they've looked at those wavelengths and um, learned via all the research that's been done the, the potential mechanisms that they're causing in the body, which we'll get to in a moment, and also um, the health benefits that they're providing. So really to answer your question, we're, we're light deficient. And this method of red light and near-infrared light therapy is a way to uh, to get out more in a sense actually get that light exposure from the sun but now you can do it in your home via a light panel or a red light therapy bed or there's pads available and there's all these different led devices that you can use to get that exposure mm -hmm. okay so when you were researching this what did you find out about the mechanisms i've seen just lists of mm. um, hypotheses about how this is working but like did you drill down to a few things of understanding that you feel are solid. I do. And I think what we know is that there are many different mechanisms for how the red and the near infrared lights work. Uh, two of which I'll, I'll talk about today that we, we know are happening. One of which is this really cool concept. And Adam, I know you're familiar with this more than anyone is uh, the concept of hormesis or the hormetic effect. Mm -hmm. And this is when there's a mild metabolic stress that's put on the body, and that can be from fasting, caloric restriction, uh, cold thermogenesis, uh, even heat therapy like a sauna, for example. Uh, and exercise is actually one of the, the big examples of uh, hormesis. And red light therapy actually falls into this category as well. And what happens is with red light therapy, there is a little bit of a stress on the body. There's actually a, a mild burst, brief mild burst of free radicals that occurs. And when that happens, your body detects those free radicals. And as a result, it tries to neutralize them. So it actually produces its own antioxidants like glutathione or catalase or superoxide dismutase. And when you're exposed to a mild stressor, which is the hormesis via a red light, it's actually allowing your body to become more adaptable. It's becoming um, stronger in a sense because it's actually producing its own antioxidants and actually produces anti-inflammatory compounds as well and can support detox too via the, the NERF pathway, the, the uh, NRF2 pathway. So the hormesis 
um, mechanism is, is a really big one and really one that I like because I'm all about fasting and I'm all about sauna therapy and, you know, cold, hot exposure like you and I were taught in school with contrast hydrotherapy. So I'm, I'm really big into this hormetic effect. Now, the other mechanism that I've, I've dug a lot into and really uh, researched is really cool. It's that your mitochondria have these photoreceptors on them. They're called the cytochrome C oxidase. It's actually, another, it's an enzyme as well, but it's also considered a photoreceptor. And so when light, particularly the red light and the near-infrared light, when that hits your skin, when your mitochondria are being hit by this light, uh, the photoreceptors are activated. And what happens is the mitochondria now can actually utilize oxygen more efficiently. And when that happens, there's greater ATP production. And we know that when we have greater ATP production, there's more energy output and the body functions better as a whole. So that's a, that's a, a big mechanism right there in the sense that, you know, you've got these really cool photoreceptors inside your mitochondria that are taking in the light that are allowing the mitochondria to use oxygen more efficiently and produce more ATP. That's just fascinating. Yeah. I, I'm really big into hormesis as well. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. I first learned about them. You and I are both into plant medicine mm. and I first learned about hormesis through plants, right? Their, their defense and their ability to fight environmental pathogens and weather is largely a horm hormetic effect. Mm. And it's, you know, it's really interesting to see this, you know, happening in our own bodies as well. Well, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but you and I were in a botanical medicine class with Dr. Deb Brammer. Do you recall uh -huh. that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, we were formulating a lot of different formulas using adaptogens. And it's so funny. The way I look at red light at this point is kind of how we viewed adaptogens when we first learned about them in school. Because right. you hear about them and you're like, oh, my God, everyone needs adaptogens. Everyone needs to, to help right. reduce and modulate stress in their body. And, and now when I hear something from a patient, whether they're in pain or they're having circulation issues or they want to work on anti-aging for their skin or they want their brain to function better, I think of red lights kind of in the same way that I used to think of adaptogens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a little nudge in one direction can get the body to do some self-healing mechanisms. It's just fascinating. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's funny. I do remember that class. I think it was like a master formulation class. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yep. It was uh, that was I really enjoyed that type of work. I still do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, well, when when we're talking about this, taking the mechanisms and and understanding what's happening in the body, what types of benefits would someone experience if, you know, let's say their ATP production is going up? And there's a hormetic effect and some of these repair what what types of benefits do you see coming from using this therapy yeah there's so many benefits because when you're increasing atv production you're allowing your cells to function uh, much more efficiently and you know red lights has been touted for uh, a lot of anti-aging skin benefits like you may have heard of it for improving collagen synthesis elastin production so it can really help prevent wrinkles and, you know, your original question, Adam, was how did I learn about this? Or at least when did we start learning about red lights? And actually, NASA was using red lights in the 80s and 90s and looking at how it actually improved plant growth. Hmm. And so, you know, it, it has been around for a long time, uh, at least, you know, 30, 40 years. And now it's just building because we're finding that these different effects that we're seeing in the body, like, for example, I talked about the collagen increasing that and helping with wrinkles. 
It's really helpful for reducing and modulating inflammation. So think of any condition where there's pain. Um, there's been studies on uh, uh, reducing hair loss and actually helping improving hair growth. There's studies on uh, tissue repair. And if, if someone uh, has, let's say, an ulcer, like a diabetic ulcer that's not healing quickly, you want to put the red lights on there because it's actually going to help, obviously, with the ATP production and, and help repair a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And actually, my son, we were mountain biking the other day, and he took a nasty fall on the gravel at the near the parking lot, right? When we did a grade two-hour ride, and he just uh. all, all of a sudden happened to, to fall right at the end. And he skinned his elbow up. I mean, it was awful. I was like, goodness gracious, this, this, is, this is terrible. Um, so immediately when we got home, I had him sit in front of the red light panel that we have, and I had him do around uh, a 10-minute session. And that thing, this happened around five days ago, Adam, and it is, I'll send you pictures, it has healed so quickly. It is unbelievable. Wow. Um, nice. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I've also heard some of the, kind of one of the ways I, I was first introduced to it, at least in the recent history, was hormone effect. Is, that, is there something to that as far as like testosterone and um, increasing testosterone levels in men oh yeah so yeah there's all these biohackers out there that 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 say that the red lights when they shine it on their testicles uh, can help boost testosterone and you know it's so funny i've i learned about these red lights actually years ago or at least i heard about them at the a4m conference in in uh las vegas and and i think that was one of the big claims back then and i do believe um, that there has been some recent research on that. I don't think we're talking about like a huge gain in testosterone levels, but but surely it, it, it does increase testosterone a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So getting back to the people that you know, when when you're talking through this, I would imagine people with fibromyalgia would just really do well with this. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's another such a tough tough condition to treat. It, it's and, so tough and, to treat. And you know, obviously to live with. Um, and you know, people, it's kind of an invisible pain to the people outside, you know, looking at someone who has a fibromyalgia and it, we're always trying to find ways to help people with fibro. Yeah. And, and really, when you think about it, the red lights are really improving in circulation as well. Uh, they're, they're, they're building your vitality and what I've seen using them in the clinic, cause by the way, we have a Noorthor here at, at clear center. And we have one of these massive red light therapy beds. And so we have patients come two, three times a week for the, the sessions. I've been doing uh, two or three sessions a week here. And I also bought some panels. I have them at home and I do them on a daily basis. And what I hear the most is that people, they do a couple sessions and they feel like their body is in less pain. And whether that's their muscles, their joints. And a lot of people sleep better when they have a session. So let's say they, they come in for a session at nine in the morning. That night, they'll have a, a great sleep. And then you asked too about the hormone piece, at least for testosterone. Yes, we, we know it might build testosterone levels. And apparently the red lights also have an effect on mood. And you know whether that's a hormonal piece or not, there, there certainly is an improvement in, uh, in depression and in anxiety. And I've noticed that the people that have been doing this regularly, including myself, I feel very grounded. I feel very balanced in my body, um, even with what's happening right now with you know coronavirus and and even the riots. I feel like I'm in a very uh, good place, and I, I wonder if it's because my vitality has been built so much over the last three four months using these lights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that'd be you know interesting to hear more about like what 
what you're using, you know, at home and also learn more about the clinical applications. So can you take us through the different, if you were to go out and purchase a red light um, therapy device, what would you look for? Cause I picked up when I first started getting into it, you know, I picked up this 690 nanometer light. It was just kind of like a decorative light. Mm. Um, that's just, it's sort of like handheld and I don't even know if, um, I'm doing anything with it. So, I mean, it seems to help, it seems to help, but it, I mean, it seems like you're, there's so many different options these days. Where would you start, um, you know, kind of from the basic to people who may not have, you know, a lot of money to put into it versus more kind of the high-end one, one devices. Right. Well, what you can't do, you can't just plug in a a uh, red light bulb and expect to you know, receive benefits from it. Right. You do need to invest in one of these light panels. The good news is, though, is that the prices of these things have really come down over the years. And there's three companies that I primarily recommend. One is Platinum LED. Uh, one is Juve, which you're familiar with. And there's also Red Light Therapy Co. And really, there's a, there's a whole host of other companies now that are producing really high-powered red lights. But that's the key there is, is it has to be a high-power enough device. It has to have a high enough um, uh, watts per centimeter squared uh, power output to actually have an effect on the body. So, you know, these panels can start off at anywhere from $369 for a small panel that you can use on local areas of your body. Like, let's say if you're having frozen shoulder or you're having knee pain. You can just, all you need is one of these smaller lights. And if you think about it, you invest $379 and you'll have that thing for 10 plus years. And so really all after that point is you're just paying for electricity cost. Right. Um, and you don't have to go out and buy these $120,000 Novathor beds like with what we have. They're certainly amazing uh, devices. And, and I mean, I can't speak highly enough of the Novathor. And there's all, all sorts of companies, too, that have uh, different um, red light beds. But what you do need is something like a red light panel, like a Juve or a Platinum LED or the Red Light Therapy Co. That is either a small one around that 379 price range or you can get a larger one which is around, um, you know, close to a thousand dollars that does more full body. And when you're using these lights, you don't want to put your body directly against the red lights. You want to have a, a distance of at least six inches and, and perhaps even 12 inches. And we do that to reduce the EMF exposure because these devices are obviously putting off uh, electromagnetic fields and you don't need to use the devices that long. So if you have a, a red light panel that's hanging on the back of your door, you want to make sure that whatever area you're treating, whether it's your shoulder or your back, um, maybe it's your abdomen, that you, you remove the clothing on that area. So you really want to just kind of strip down and uh, stand in front of it, six inches to 12 inches apart from the lights. And you really don't need that long of a time to be uh, exposed to it. So really, it's, it's somewhere around 10 minutes or maybe even 15 minutes. And uh, you don't want to treat for too long because I have heard reports here at, at the clinic where... Uh, a patient that did uh, the red light therapy bed, the Novathor bed, for too long. She did, I think, for 20 minutes. She was exhausted the rest of the day, and it's almost like it was a little bit too much for her system to handle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, you know, from a clinical standpoint, if do you do people come in and buy sort of or purchase sessions, and then come like have like a, a frequency? that they come in weekly or what, what's the general flow of people who are using it for in your clinic? Yeah. I'd say most people are coming in around two days a week, maybe three days a week, like that, uh, 
that patient of mine, the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome patient, Tim, he comes in uh, three days a week. For, for him, that's a way to really maintain his his health and really to help you know plump up his his collagen levels so that his tissues actually feel normal <laughs> instead of feeling like beef jerky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I love this, you know, because it's there's so many there's such a big need for pain management, you know, and, and things other than NSAIDs and other than opioids. And, and, uh, you know, this is so efficient, you know, to, to go in for 10 minutes and have a session for 10 minutes and feel better. Exactly. And, and what other supplement, what other medication out there has so many benefits as red light does when you when you think about all the mechanisms that it has and also the, the benefits in the body i mean it's it even has an effect on thyroid function and there was a study done in 2010 where i think it was around hold on i have it written down here somewhere it was around 38 uh, percent of the participants that were being exposed to the red light they were able to reduce their medication dose for thyroid that was Hashimoto's too, right? And it was Hashimoto's. And apparently yeah. some of the uh, the TPO antibodies have gone down with red light treatment as well. Yeah, that I saw that. I was like, I need to find this study. That's, that's really fascinating because, I mean, anybody who's dealing with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is, you know, autoimmune thyroid problem, knows that, you know, the antibodies, getting them to nudge or go down is not something that we, we typically can predict right? It's difficult to do. And it may be a marker of, you know, improved thyroid function. And the fact that these people reduced the medication dose is obviously a, an improve, a marker of improved function. So um, if I can find that study, I'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, I mean, when we think of just something like that to have a powerful effect, even on the thyroid, it's like, what other effect is it having on the body? Right. Right. Yeah. So this, other than making me want to get one of these devices, it also makes me just want to go lie on a beach somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you live in California, so you, you have the ability to do that. Um, I guess, you know, uh, obviously more than I do up here in Seattle, but you know, this is, uh, you know, you're right. We're, we're spending so much more time inside and, um, it's just really nice to have this option. So, um, what, what would be some of the take-home messages that you would say about photobiomodulation and just any, you know, kind of what you would want to leave people with? Yeah, I, I feel that if you're looking for a therapy that is relatively inexpensive, like we talked about these panels being, you know, 379, for example, that will last you a long time. And you're someone that's in pain, you're someone that's uh, that having hair loss, thyroid issues. Um, you want to improve your, your exercise performance, uh, muscle recovery, you're looking to improve your energy level, your sleep, all across the board. If you want to increase your vitality, I am such a huge believer at this point after seeing all the results of my patients, including myself, that red light therapy is a simple thing to have on board to use on a daily basis or at least five days a week if you have one of these um, you know, machines at home. And uh, you're going to you're going to see some tremendous benefit over time. And, you know, another example, Adam, I wanted to share was that my mom had a, a hip replacement a couple months ago and she was in a nine out of 10 pain, even on uh, opioid medication. And she was suffering uh, tremendously. I, it was it was painful for me to talk to her on the phone because I could I could hear that quiver in her voice telling me that she was in such pain. So I immediately bought her one of these uh, smaller red light panels, sent it to her. 
And within a couple days, she said that her pain had gone down to around a 7 out of 10. And within a week, it was down to around a 6 out of 10. And um, she's, she's walking all around the golf course at this point. And she also said that her scar is pretty much non-existent on her hip where she had two knee replacements and the scars on her knees are horrendous. Um, so, you know, it's like, you kind of, you see these things over and over again and you know, with your family members and your patients and, and also in my body as well. And it, it just makes you believe more in this therapy. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, it's, it's important for people to realize that, you know, they're going to be drawn to a specific, to different types of therapy. So this might be something that's missing for someone who, you know, is having chronic pain and they're not managing it with a pill you know it's it's like why not try it um i have you know a family member that i help um quite often with chronic pain and and uh you know all the things that he goes through and he's tried um it's it's often because we just don't understand the mechanism of pain and that the medications are, are firing at the wrong target and so if if someone finds that they're chronic pain is suffering and the medications aren't working, it's often try something different that has a different therapeutic target. And this certainly has something that most medications will not do. Yeah. And, and like what you said, what, what you said too, is, is get out in the sun more because that's ultimately, you know, what we're doing here. We're just getting light exposure, which is something that is so essential and, uh, and, and needed for our health. And so I, I recommend people when they can, obviously during the summer months, get out in the sun as much as you can. Obviously don't burn yourself. But even if it's an indirect light exposure, you're getting that valuable exposure to your skin and the rest of your body via the red and near infrared lights. Um, and then couple that with, uh, like you said, walking on a beach, for example. You're, you're grounded, you know, with no shoes on, walk barefoot. You've got the grounding aspect. You've got the seawater uh, healing aspect as well. And you also have the light. So, yes, walking on a beach is probably one of the healthiest things that you can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, good. Well, tell us a little bit about your practice and what you're up to professionally so that we can continue to follow you. I mean, I just logged in quickly on your Facebook page and wow, that is, you got quite a following on there. So congratulations. Oh, thanks, Adam. Yeah, I think I, I treat a lot of conditions similar to what you're doing. Uh, lots of complex chronic disease, um, a fair amount of Lyme disease or mold, mycotoxin illness, um, lots of autoimmune diseases. And obviously lots of hormonal support. So those are kind of the main things that I'm seeing. And I work at Clear Center of Health. It's uh, an integrative medicine clinic here in Mill Valley. And I also uh, work for Healthy Directions. Uh, that's a, um, a vitamin and mineral company where uh, we do lots of things there in terms of uh, research and writing articles. And we also launched a recent podcast. Uh, it's called uh, Be Healthistic. And it's with my father, Dr. Steven Sinatra. I'm, I'm sure you remember him. I think you've heard him talk before. Of course, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's such an amazing man, and I feel so honored to, to be able to co-host with him. And uh, we talk about very similar stuff that, that you're talking to your audience about. Great, yeah. I'll put a link up to that in our show notes. And you know, I think one of the things that's really great about what I've learned from listening to some of your um, podcasts and actually some of your webcasts is that you give really practical information, you know, mm -hmm. that everybody's facing like things you can do better in your home and with your food and nutrition. It's just, I've really enjoyed and actually I've learned a lot from you while watching. I haven't yet gone on, uh, learn, 
heard your podcast, but I've been watching some of the webcasts that you give. Mm. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, Adam, I'd love to have you on our uh, podcast at some point because uh, you were you were really the the pioneers, I believe, with SIBO when, when it first started coming out. And I, I remember listening to even a, a a webinar of yours. I think it was back in 2012. And yeah. I'd love to get your your take on you know new updates on that. So perhaps we can schedule that. Thank you. I, I would appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, um, is there any kind of resources that we can leave people with uh, that I can share um, about photobiomodulation? I know that um, you you've read some books, and is there any anybody you want to mention um, just to kind of further people's learning? Yeah, thanks for that, because I, I do want to give credit to Ari Witten. He wrote an excellent book called The Ultimate Guide to Red Light Therapy. And this was the book that I mentioned at the beginning that my patient handed me, and I remember reading it. And after, after 20, 30 pages, I couldn't believe what I was reading. It was, it was like, wow, there's some therapy out there that has this many benefits to it. And I, I really do thank Ari Witten for, for putting his time in with doing all the, the research behind this and putting everything together. Um, in terms of other resources, just looking up those uh, red light panels I mentioned from Platinum LED or Juve or uh, Red Light Therapy Co. They've got lots of interesting articles written about red light, how it works, uh, what, it, what it does for benefits, and also how to use them properly. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time and all my best to your lovely family and um, continue to do such great things. Oh, thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Okay, we'll catch up down the road. Sounds good. Okay, thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the One Thing Podcast. Please share these episodes with your friends, loved ones, colleagues, patients, healthcare providers, anyone who you feel might benefit from hearing these informative interviews. We tend to learn best from people sharing things with us. That's often the first time it's introduced. So don't hesitate if these the content of these episodes reminded you of someone that might benefit from it. Forward the, the episode to them, and I'm sure they'll either appreciate it or be appreciative that you've thought of them. So once again, we'll look forward to seeing you next episode on the One Thing Podcast. And again, much appreciation for you being here with me.